Howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, so grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to brew your brain as we give a rundown on today's dates and some interesting historical facts, and to sharpen your wit as I toss out some random musing and facts just to get your brain gears turning, and hopefully a time to enrich your faith as we talk about our walk with Jesus. Joining me this week on the Daily Grind, my favorite co-host and favorite big sister in the whole wide world, Carla Cockrell. <laughs> Hello, Daily Grind. It is good to be with you. And now it's that time on the Day of the Grind to brew your brain. It's Friday, August 25th. And on this date in 1835, the first great moon hoax article was published in the New York Sun, announcing the discovery of life and civilization on the moon. What? Yes. I'm familiar with this hoax. Oh, my goodness. Get your Google on and okay. go look up great moon hoax. Okay. <laughs> they okay. ran these series of articles. Some had built temples and, and they had stated that teams of astronomers found clear and unambiguous evidence of life on the moon. Huh? 1835. Yeah. It's crazy. Imagine that media making up a story. Hmm. Fake news. It's all <laughs> on this date in 1939, the wizard of Oz was released in theaters. Oh, now, okay. last week it was premiered at Grauman's Chinese Theater, but this is got the it. case that it went. Everybody, everybody all the, the proletariat got to see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on this date in 1944, oh. Paris liberated from Nazi forces by. Oh, Alan. yay! Right. Yep. Oh. And on this date in 2012, Richard III's remains were found. Under a parking lot in Leicester, England. Whoa. And he was the last king of England to die in battle. Out now. The lost king. Because he was discovered by a woman who was like an amateur historian. And oh, wow. people tried to shut her down. And she was like, no, I keep doing this research and thinking. Anyway, she found his body. And it was under a car park in Leicester. Wow. August 25th is Banana Split Day. <laughs> okay. It's Kiss and Makeup Day. Okay. It's Park Services Founders Day. Okay. And it's Secondhand Wardrobe Day. Okay. A lot of our kids wore hand-me-downs. I was pretty fortunate that I never had to wear. <laughs> you did not have to wear very many of my hand-me-downs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And <laughs> and that's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit. Carla, did you know that a quarter has one hundred and ninety-nine ridges? around its edge no i did not know that 199 if you don't believe me you should count up sometimes i'm not going to count them either i'm <laughs> willing to take your word on that one <laughs> i think that common sense is like deodorant the people who need it the most never seem to use it there you go oh <laughs> i know somebody should sew that on a pillow 
I wonder if anybody has ever gone to a Renaissance fair dressed as Doctor Who. I wonder too. That's clever. <laughs> that would be a great way to show up, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. <sighs> At the start of the original Star Wars trilogy, which would have been episode four, R2-D2 mm-hmm. is about as old as a Commodore 64 would be to us. <laughs> oh, he was a dusty, rusty old thing, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember now. People in movies and TV shows never sneeze unless it is relevant to the plot. They don't, do they? Good observation. Only half of an elevator's job is elevating. Yes. I mean, it's called an elevator, but it only elevates half the time. Right, right. Carla, a little bit of uh, geography quiz for your brain this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Every state in the United States, except one, shares a letter with the word ants. Ants. Every state has an A, an N, a T, or an S, except one. Uh, I'm just going around the coastline for... <laughs> I'm singing that song. <laughs> Uh, Ohio? Ohio! Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, every state except one, and it's Ohio. Here's another little interesting thing. What letter does not appear in any state name? Um, well, uh, is there a Q? You nailed it. Okay, how about that? Yeah, because I kind of start, well, uh, what about Z? Oh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona yeah. X is in Texas and, and New Mexico. Yes. Yeah, X shows up a few times. Yeah, but anyway, mm-hmm. Q, yeah. Q. Q is not in any state name. Okay. I can always tell when they use fake dinosaurs in movies. <laughs> can you? <laughs> yes. You are very observant. <laughs> Wow. There's no no getting by me. That's not real. Got to get up pretty early. Oh, gosh. Hey, Carla, thanks for spending a week with me on the Daily Grind. Oh, it was so fun to be with y'all this week. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. And joining me, because it's Friday, is one of my favorite co-hosts in the whole world and good friend, Maritza. Hey, it's Friday. It is Friday. Psalm 34 is where we're at today. What do you think about it? So first and foremost, thank you for giving me the history. Uh, But even without knowing the history, it was really nice. Um, It's actually very... um, beautiful and it's like putting your trust in god and encouraging others for god's protection and guidance it's a psalm of david and he wrote it at a time where saul who at that time was still king over israel but david had been anointed king so he was going to become king and saul was out trying to kill him and so he fled to an enemy city gath um and acted like he was crazy walking around scratching on doors and drooling in his beard and you know he just kind of played insane and they just said okay uh, leave him alone what can he do he's a nut job 
Um, but Gath, it's interesting that's the city he went to because that was the hometown of Goliath, where little David faced off against this giant warrior and uh, killed him with a slingshot, just put a stone in his head. And then he took his big giant sword and cut his head off and showed everybody that he was somebody who knew how to get ahead. <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm trying to catch up on the story and I'm like, oh, the head. <laughs> interesting thing about psalm 34 is it's an acrostic what is that? um as you if if we were reading it in hebrew all of the verses start with a word with the first letter in the hebrew alphabet okay so i know we had talked about like the psalms were i i mean they have like a sing-songy thing to them like even reading it i was yeah. like man i said the the rhythm is right here so these are basically poems. Is that what it is? They're they're poems. Some are songs. Some are actually meant to be sung. Because sometimes you'll hear, you know, you'll see the little superscripts, you know, that intro the psalm that, hey, this was a David for the choir of whoever. And so some were meant to be sung. Some were meant to be just kind of read as poetry with instrumental background. Like I said they cover every emotion possible some are victorious and celebratory and some are laments and this psalm if you think about it it covers all of those verse 18 where it talks about you know that god is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in their spirit so that um that line got to me because like i had said uh, before to you and even in private um, as one who struggles with their faith, when I got to that line, um, I have definitely felt uh, broken, uh, completely brokenhearted mm. and and completely crushed. And so when I read that, it it just hit like I'm like, OK, are you here? Of course, a part of me, the the pessimist in me said, I'm like, you're watching me. I am sitting here crying and just completely devastated help me but at the same point i remember that i'm not alone and that was right. a, a, a big important thing to me i'd heard i'd heard marcy say to a friend who'd gone through a pretty traumatic event and and tearfully i mean i, I get this you know had said to her you know where was god when this was going on and i remember marcy's response was god was right there with you when that was going on and he felt every pain you felt, and he cried with you because he enters into it with us. In fact, that's what Hebrew says about Jesus is that we have this high priest who knows what it's like to be fully human. This psalm starts with a celebration of, you know, God's deliverance of Israel from their enemies, and he invites people to join in in that joyful chorus. And the central theme really is the goodness of God and how those who honor him will have blessed lives, but it really turns. I think on verse 18, I'm with you. As I read this, I, at different times, different verses will jump out at me, but 18 jumped out at me as well too, because it really speaks to the depths of our hearts, I think, you know, and it makes that profound promise that God is close to those whose hearts are broken and crushed in spirit. And I want to go, man, that is comforting to me. Yeah, because I think it says God's not distance. Instead, he's right there with us, you know, even mm -hmm. in our lowest moments. 
You know, we don't have to like, okay, get ourselves together. And then we can try to attempt a relationship with God. God's going, no, I meet you where you are in the middle of all of that. Well, even the very, and, and the, what is it? The very next time the, the righteous person may have troubles. Yeah. But the Lord will deliver him from all, from them all. Yeah. Like that's still saying like, I'm, I'm here and, and I see you and, and you're going to have problems and I'm going to help you as yeah. best like, you know, well, he has the perfect way to help, but um, it was, it was very, it's actually very uplifting and yeah. Cause it doesn't end there. It doesn't no. just say, Oh, and you're crushed. Jesus will says, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. You'll have trials, you'll have tribulations. But then he says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I'm going to be with you as you face those things. And they don't have to be the things that uh, overwhelm you or, you know, even at times define you. You know, I think of Marcy stuff and we had a conversation with somebody who was talking about, you know, she really is kind of in pain a lot of times in her legs and can't use her right arm. Obviously her aphasia, because she was this brilliant, articulate woman. But I had to tell somebody, but all this that happened to Marcy is not who Marcy is. Like her Mm -hmm. limitations and the thing that occurred to her don't define her as her person. She is still this person that is more than the thing she's struggling with. Yeah, absolutely. I know that this is going to sound like a little kid, but didn't Psalm 34 feel like it was just a big hug from God? I know. I hate to to make it like a little kid, but honestly, like I read it. I read it like three times because that was that was the homework. I had to read this. And I was like, it's like it's like getting a hug from God telling you, be brave, be good. And I'll be here for you. No, in fact, I love it. In fact, if I was going to go, hey, here's the here's the John and Maritza commentary, you know, on the book of Psalms, I would put in there. This psalm is like getting a hug from God. <laughs> that's exactly how you should take it. That's and me. and it, but it is. That's I mean, honestly, that's completely how I I felt. Like I read it, I was like, okay, and then I read it again, and I was like, this is literally like getting a big hug from God, and it is a true true feeling that I had. It was a it was a little kid emotion that I felt, and that's the best verse i mean that's the best words i could come up with i was like it's just like getting a hug charitable assumptions yeah or where we find yes yeah in fact we kind of need to we 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 because that's a true thing i I love that in fact i have used that to death i'm so glad that you brought that up that our you know i'm trying to make charitable assumptions about people i think what we can know is that we definitely when we think about um you know, God, they're not assumptions. We need to understand, man, there is, there is a charitable creator who knows us and can be known. And ultimately, uh, wants what is best for us. The, the rub is, is that sometimes my idea of what is best for me mm-hmm. <laughs> is not <laughs> the same thing you know, that, that God has in mind, um, because, but it's those challenging times that allow us to focus on him and his goodness. So, and yeah. well, it's, it's like that, what is that adage? Um, 
Well, you know how it says like the walk, you have to walk a mile in someone's shoes because you don't know what somebody's going through. And it's also the same thing. You, you don't really know until you're put in that situation. And so you really never understand something until you're in that situation. So like that very last line, it says, uh, well, basically it's saying, you know, bad things are going to happen, but just know that I'm going to be here to help you. You know, yeah. it's like having, you know, a big, strong, you know, older friend that's going to take care of you. And but it, you you don't experience it until you've gone through it. Like, I don't, I, how am I supposed to know how someone feels if I've never felt, you know, alone or sad or despair or any of these feelings? I mean, you have to go through these, these, I guess, living trials. I yeah. think some, someone told me one time, um, as a matter of fact, we were talking, oh, when I was going to the Beatitudes and <laughs> the Beatitudes, <laughs> uh, one of my, um, one of the person that I'm close to, he made a comment to me. He said, he goes, you know, he goes, I know you struggle, but because I asked him, I go, how could God be so cruel sometimes? I feel like mm. it. He goes, that's what you think. Mm. He's like, he goes, but he goes, and he goes, and I can see why you see that. He's like, because, you know, he goes, it was God who told Moses go ask Pharaoh to set your people free, but just know that I hardened his heart. And I'm like, how could that be the same person? And then I read, or, you know, the same being saying, I still got to put you through these trials. I still got to do this for you. I'm telling you what to do, set your people free, but also I'm going to put this roadblock in front of you because I need to see how you handle it. Yeah. And I guess that's how I see it sometimes. This will break down as an analogy, but I think it paints that kind of picture, though. How can God be so cruel? And so when Marcy and I were living in Vienna, we had gone to visit some friends of ours who lived in Belgium and did Young Life in Belgium called Jeunesse Vie. And that evening they said, hey, we're so sorry. We've got this thing we, we, we've got to go to. And I said, that's fine. We'll stay here and watch those two little kids. So and Anthony got out of bed and was going to attempt to come down the stairs. So we're watching TV and all of a sudden we hear this. I mean, just blood curdling scream. So he tumbled down these stairs and busted his head open right in his forehead above his eyes. And nothing bleeds like your head. Mm-hmm. So we call Sergio and Rosalie and said, look, Anthony has, and it is a serious gash. And so they said, well, we're on our way, but we're that our doctor, his house and his clinic are halfway in between where you are and where we are. So y'all get Anthony and go to the doctor. We'll meet you there. We get to the doctor before them who, and he is just really only in French. And so we have this little eight-year-old girl translating. Oh my gosh. Back and forth. And I'm just going, oh, would y'all show up? And he goes, we're going to have to give stitches. And this is me, not as parent me. He said, you're going to have to hold Anthony's head and hold him really still while I give him these stitches. And I know from Anthony's perspective, he was thinking, wait, I thought you were this friend of my dad's. And now this guy is putting a needle and stitches and he's poking this thing in my head and it hurts and you're holding my head still. His perspective was probably, you are so cruel. But ultimately what I needed was for his, this gash in his head to get closed up yeah, to get healed. Those kind of things are always images to me of, yeah, man, when I'm in the middle of it, I can't see the bigger thing of where this is going to be a benefit, where it's going. And I think David, 
in verse four says something too, because he says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. It doesn't say that he ended all of his troubles. It just says that, but I was no longer afraid in no, all the things. It's, it's support. It's, yeah. Oh, I guess it, 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 again, I, I go back to the child analogy about it being a good hug. I is. have, I have wonderful friends and uh, one of my best friends works with you. And sometimes I'll just go over there. And I'm like, I just need a hug. I don't need you. To, she can't fix what I need done. She, right. she can't. And she right. can't even give me the answer. But I don't need that. I just needed the support. I just needed the hug to be like, you're okay. Let's take a deep breath and let's take a moment. But at the point, and I'm also looking at her saying like, fix this. <laughs> fix this for me. But, but I, I want, want you to. But I, I want you to fix this. But I understand that I just need the hug. Just give me the hug and then I can stand up again. And, and I, I kind of like, I kind of like about thinking about it that simple. No, well, and I, there is, it is that simple. I mean, on on one sense, and I think sometimes, especially if you, you know, have read something out of the King James Bible, because that sounds all, you know, fancy English and these and (laughs) vowels and sounds like Shakespeare. And I think we always forget too, that, that, that when Shakespeare was writing that stuff, it was the vernacular. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't high you know, it was like, no, this is like everyday common kind of talk. And, and the Psalms, a lot of them are really earthy and raw and they're, you know, they're, they're just real, you know? And so to me, that response to go, man, here's how I kind of, that makes me feel is, is to me spot on with going, man, you're getting what it's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And here you're going, man, here's David on run. You know, he's he's running for his life. He's in an enemy city. He's having to act like a crazy person, you know, because he's recognized. And they just, hey, let him go because they're going, uh, we got nothing to worry about with that guy. I mean, you know, he's he's a toy shy of a Happy Meal. Mm. And uh, But, you know, David's response is, you know, he kind of had penned this and just said, you know, I sought the Lord. He answered me delivered me from my fears didn't mean Saul still wasn't trying to kill him doesn't mean that he still you know was on the run and he left you know the city of Gath and anything else about 34 jump out at you no I thank you so much for it I I really enjoyed reading this one Uh, I will say there's there's one little thing that ends up being in the New Testament too and it's really kind of promise that kind of goes towards Messiah that in verse 20, he says he keeps all his bones and none of them are broken. So David's talking about God's protection over the righteous. And he's probably recalling an experience of, you know, God preserving his own life. But it, but that verse carries some real heavy spiritual symbolism as it points to Jesus. Because ultimately, one of the pro- prophecies about him was that none of his bones would be broken during his crucifixion and what happened so it was jesus two thieves and jesus there's three of them getting crucified and it they start running out of time for the sabbath and so they're going to speed up how they kill these guys so they take a big hammer and break their shin bones of the thieves because the way you died 
crucified was you eventually suffocated because you had to force all your weight up on your legs in order to be able to take a breath. And then you kind of hung back down and all your weight kind of crushed your diaphragm. And oh when you Lord. finally got, and yeah, long. And so when you finally got too exhausted to raise up, you couldn't bring air in and you would eventually die of asphyxiation. Terrible, horrible way to go. But Jesus had died first. So when they came to break his bones, they go, I think he's already dead. So they pierced him in the side just to make sure. And, but, but his bones weren't broken, but the other people were, and that was kind of a fulfillment of prophecy that you see tied a lot of ways and through verses all throughout scripture. And this is one that kind of alludes to that as well, too. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's a good hug. That is a great summary of 34 <laughs> is just like a hug from God who loves us. And that that should make us want to say, yep, I will, I will seek you. Um, you know, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you know, the Lord delivers us from them and um, that he is near those that are brokenhearted. So Baritza, thanks for joining me on a Friday as we looked at another Psalm. I thought you would dig the Psalms. I mean, cause you're, you know, I do. Yeah, do song, but... I, I like the songs, but right now you're, you're giving me happy content. I'm sure the ball's going to drop soon. Oh, yeah, we'll get one. a lament one and we'll go, oh, <laughs> don't spring that on me. Hey, listen, have a fantastic weekend. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us on the Daily Grind as we've looked at the Psalms. I think Marisa has summarized this psalm better than any of the commentaries I've read, that it really is like getting a hug from God. So if you haven't read the whole thing, do it. Meditate on it. And uh, we look forward to you joining us on Monday for another episode of The Daily Grind. And in the meantime, I'm just going to pray grace.